tonight I have something very special for you. Isn't that exciting? Really? Do I need to get the paddles out? Come on. All right, everybody, right now, run around the building five times. And shout. Or it's seven times. Shout, and the walls will come down. Um, No, I'm really excited tonight because um, we are launching um, the Comenia School of Creative Leadership. Can you say that? Comenia School of Creative Leadership. Now, if you were here on Sunday, you're saved. And if you weren't, then um, repent and you can be saved. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) So anyway, on Sunday, I I was casting the vision um, for Storehouse and the things that the Lord told us that he really wanted us to to launch this year and, and some initiatives. And this is one that we've been carrying in our hearts um, for, gosh, seven years. Uh, I remember when I first heard about the Comenia School of Creative Leadership out of Fort Mill, which is um, one of Rick Joyner's, uh, it's his school, um, out of Morningstar. And I remember when somebody said it, I don't know if this happens to you, but you know how things just hang in the air? Like you go, oh, that word is hanging in the air. You know, prophetically, it just popped out and just hit me. And I felt the Lord say to me, um, this is going to be something you're going to bring to Dallas. And I, I was like, hey, you know, I didn't even like school. <laughs> really. And uh, I was that girl in school that was more interested in the boys and partying and, you know, that kind of thing. And loved recess, but didn't like any other part of school. How many of you really loved school? Raise your hand. Okay, so 10% of you. And um, so the rest of us, we just kind of, like, it was like walking in quicksand to try to get through it and try to get through to the end of the day. Now, I loved being with my friends, but um, I felt uh, like I was kind of in a prison. And, um, and the way that I was taught and the way that we teach our kids in America, um, it's really broken. Do you know that we're actually in America one of the lowest te- test scores in the, in the world? I mean, with all of the resources we have, we come in like 17th. I mean, that's pretty bad. I mean, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, Russia scored better than we did. So we have to really ask ourselves, first of all, uh, obviously the system is broken, and second of all, um, God, what are you doing? Because what is happening in America is God is raising up kingdom schools. Now, I didn't say Christian schools because, you know, there's a difference. He's raising up kingdom schools. And there was a prophet named Matthew who said that the Lord told him years ago that um, out of the public school system, uh, Satan is raising up his fivefold ministry. Now, I say that just because of the, of the environment that is there, the environment. It doesn't mean that good people aren't there and good people aren't teaching and, and you've got Christians in there trying to do their best and trying to bring the light. But this was just the word of the Lord, that he is raising up a fivefold ministry out of our public school system. And he said, but I 
am going to raise up my fivefold ministry. And I believe that these kingdom schools that are beginning to pop up in the nation, and one that I believe with Comenius that the Lord has for Dallas, and he's called us to start it, I believe that these are going to be the place where we are going to raise up the fivefold ministry for the Lord starting at a very young age. Don't you know that if we tell our children and we teach them about how to access heaven and transform the earth at a very young age, then whatever mountain they're called to, whatever mountain of influence, whether it's business or media or, in, or, or entertainment or the church or the family or whatever it is, they are going to take that mountain for the Lord. See, I believe there's a huge shift coming where the mountains of, of, of the world are about to become the mountains of our God. I believe that God is raising up the apostolic to begin to take these mountains for him. And I, I believe that he's, he's uh, beginning to birth um, these kingdom schools so that they can begin to train our kids both in their spirits, their minds, and their bodies so that they can co-create with God to lead in the ever-changing world of tomorrow. You know, I was, I was doing the math, and um, what I found is that your children who are starting school this year will be retiring in 2078. Now, I don't know how many of you remember back in the 60s, some of you do. Um, but, the, but the world has vastly changed in the last 50 years. So 50 years from now, because we have an accelerated um, learning curve and we, have, uh, we, are in, we are no longer in the industrial age, but we're in the information age. And because of that, there is an exponential increase in learning. There's an exponential increase in um, inventions, right? And so with that, you are about to see some phenomenal things. I mean, in the, in the queue right now are cars that you don't have to drive, are um, trains that don't touch the ground. I mean, there is all kinds of science fiction type of things that, we're, that our children are going to be a part of that world. And so in order to train them, since their world, you can't predict what it's going to look like. So why would we educate them for yesterday's reality when, in fact, tomorrow is going to be the unknown? But actually, the ones that are going to be ahead of the curve are the ones that can hear from heaven and hear the voice of God and understand how to navigate the realms of heaven and bring heaven to the earth. They'll be the ones with the solutions. They'll be the ones with the inventions. They'll be the dreamers of old. Do you remember back uh, like 50, no, almost 100 years ago in America, you had the Wright brothers. You had Albert Einstein. You had these people that were, they were dreamers. And most of these people were criticized in school for not being bright enough. Because they were so incredibly different that the, that the system that we were trying to plug them into didn't actually help them to become who God had created them to be and what God created them to release. And so 
I believe that God has within the womb of women today and within, uh, within our families today the future of an explosion of, of inventions and dreamers and inventors and glory-minded people. So I'm really excited about this, and I wanted to talk to you about it tonight a little bit in detail about who, we're, who we are and what we're going to do. Is that okay? All right, so four years ago, I said seven years ago, Comenius came up, and about four years ago, we began to see the spirit move, and we were like, okay, this is something that we're going to answer the call. God, we're going to answer the call, and we say yes to you. But don't you know, when God says move, you don't want to start moving. You want to, when God says move, you want to wait to see him move. So when God says go, you say, okay, I'm going to begin to really seek you out and watch where the spirit is moving and how the spirit is moving, where and when the spirit is moving. And so all of these things are how we are led by the spirit. So we waited, we, we became watchmen to watch what the spirit was doing and how the spirit was going to lead. And so after about two years, we began to see a real uptick in, in the supernatural as far as how the spirit was beginning to move. People started coming and asking. The body, our family here, and this is how we live, guys, and this was what's so cool about our family at Storehouse, is that people began to come to me saying, I had this dream, I had this dream, I had this dream. And I began to see the threads of the prophetic creating a whirlwind that he wanted us to step into. And so when everybody, when people in the body who he's called to lay hands to this and lay a shoulder to this and put our hearts in this, when he begins to talk to us about it, he does it through the leading of the Holy Spirit through dreams. And so I knew that something was up and it was time to move. And so what that did is I began then to tell people and I began to say, here's the vision. This is what the Lord is saying. And now I'm going to put feet to the vision. And so we began to go out to Fort Mill, um, to the communion school in Fort Mill and began to watch them and see what do you do how do you do what you do because here's how their school operates it's based on a guy named John Amos Comenius John Amos Comenius lived in the 1600s and he's called the father of modern education he was a mystic he was part of the Moravian prayer movement Okay, he was actually somebody who prophesied. He wasn't part of it, excuse me. He prophesied the Moravian prayer movement, and 100 years after he lived, the Moravian prayer movement happened, and they attributed it to his prophecy, and they said, this is from the prophecy of John Amos Comenius. So he, um, he, he's considered the father of modern education. He had a horrible educational experience. I mean, think about this. Everything that they taught back then was taught in Latin. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've got seven kids. So my experience has been we send them to Christian school. We send them to public school. We send them to, like, half Christian school, half public school. We send them to, um, um, well, private. We send them to a private school. We sent them to, um, like, a charter school. Then we homeschooled them. So I know a lot about education. And, and so I've seen the whole Latin experience, and I can tell you, when that, when that teacher hands me Latin, I go, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure that's a dead language. Not going to be learning that. Hebrew, I'll learn Hebrew. Greek, I'll learn Greek. 
Latin. I'm sorry. You know, I just can't do it because it's torture. So anyway, I feel bad for John Amos Comenius. Um, so he had to learn everything in Latin. And, and his um, professors were so strict and so regimented that they would beat the students. I mean, genuinely beat the students if they did not get their subjects right, they did not get their homework right. So he began to pray, being a mystic. He began to prophesy. He began to see what heaven was saying. And, and through that process, the Lord began to download to him how he wanted his children to be educated. Now, you think to yourself, well, that's a pretty good, cool accomplishment. They are, they, if you look him up in Wikipedia, you will see that he, they attribute this man and the revelation that he got from heaven with all of the modern advances that we now participate in. Because they said without his, without his knowledge, without his teaching methods, that, the, that we would have never been able to come to the level of knowledge and intellect that we have achieved in, in this generation. That from the time that he introduced his type of teaching, the whole world has benefited from it. Isn't that phenomenal? Uh, you can put a picture up of John Amos Comenius if you want. He's a very handsome guy. <clears throat> I think... Um, Joy, are you there? Is she there? She's gone? Oh, well, somebody didn't get the bibbo. <laughs> Amory, can you help me out? I know she pulled him up. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about what he accomplished. Um, he promoted a varied curriculum that included history, geography, science, music, singing, drama, civics, and handiwork. He also introduced that girls should be taught as well as boys, because back then only the men were taught, only the boys were taught. Um, he also believed that um, every um, everybody should be able to learn, no matter um, where you are, in um, your educational rank. And so they began to educate the poor. Um, he taught that everything in nature revealed Christ and that true science would always lead to a greater knowledge of the creator. He believed that learning was facilitated by using all of the senses to interact with our environment, advocating a curriculum that employed seeing, touching, handling, smelling, rather than just hearing. He taught that the school environment was crucial and that classrooms should be bright, cheerful, reflecting both the nature and the truth of God. I mean, come on. He had no blueprint for this. You know, think about this. How phenomenal this was. Can you imagine, like, all the gray tones going on, you know? It's like, day wear, gray tone, night wear, gray tone. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it's like um, Wizard of Oz. You know, she's in Kansas. Oh, my goodness. Will this ever change? Where's the technicolor? And then, you know, he's th he thinks to himself, wait a minute. We need to introduce some primary colors into these classrooms. Don't you know that heaven was saying, they're colors. The kids need colors. Look at us. Look at me. I have a rainbow around my throne. 
He taught that schools were to be, and this is a quote, happy, happy workshops of humanity and an imitation of heaven. Classrooms were to be an imitation of heaven. Since there were few pictures and books in the 17th century, he produced the first children's encyclopedia with pictures called Orbis Pictus, and, and it had, uh, it had um, pictures in place of words. It was the number one book, the number one selling book in the world during that time. He prescribed a considerable amount of playtime, which he encouraged the teachers to participate. He taught that education was not only the acquisition of facts and knowledge, but also the development of wisdom. He believed that children should learn by doing and, and by teaching others. Sometimes the older and more advanced children were required to instruct the younger. He advised, let nothing be taught which is not of the most solid utility for this life or the next. He understood the biblical principle of reproducing leaders, urging that each school should produce its own trained teachers by the apprenticeship, apprenticeship system. And one of the things that Comenius in Fort Mill has, um, in, uh, has, uh, is part of their system is they, they teach according to a Hebraic model and not a Greek model. The Greek model is, I'm going to talk, you're going to listen. That's the Greek model. But the way that the Hebrews teach is the way that Jesus taught, which was mentorship programs. Like, like you begin to develop leaders by allowing them to begin to step into leadership roles. And so that's what Comenius has done, and that's how they develop leaders. At, and they start them doing this at, in the first grade. And so they give them leadership roles and leadership positions in order to serve their peers instead of just being served. He taught that instruments of divine grace, teachers have a high calling. Yet he sternly warned against a profession of arrogance, saying, let your heavenly calling and the confidence of parents who entrust their offspring to you be the fire that is within you. Um. He believed in two books. He said there are two books that are necessary to, in the classroom. One is the Bible. One is the Word of God. And he said, and the other is nature. Now, to define that, he believes that, that you could see the reflection of God in everything that God created. So what they do at Comenius is they spend the majority of their time outdoors. They learn outdoors. They learn in the park. They learn, they go on hikes. They go up on mountaintops. They learn on the mountaintops. They go hunting and fishing, and they go canoeing together. And so a lot of how they learn, it opens up their mind. Um, okay, do we have this ready? Joy. Oh, we don't have it. Okay. All right, well, uh, anyway, so what he believed is you've got the left brain and the right brain. Um, in the right brain, you've got all of the creativity and all of the ways that the brain sees and hears and, and feels and everything, and it does it with color and sensory per, uh, perception. So the, the, uh, that side of the brain is very creative. That's where you get the melodies. That's where you get um, the, the uh, what do you call it? The, you write the song. I'm going to hurt myself here. Not, the melodies, and then the left side of the brain, which is more linear, is where you get the lyrics. 
And so he, uh, they believe that if you will open up the creative side of the brain through accessing, uh, through introducing the children to prayer and worship and the prophetic and accessing heaven, what happens is that through that, you will actually, the, the, the other side of the brain, the left side of the brain will actually expand in its capacity to learn. That is a phenomenal thing. And, and so they're saying to us what Comenius has experienced is they said, and because they're, they're, they've seen such great success, they're, uh, and let me tell you about some of their success stories, their, um, their scores, their um, college entrance exam scores have outperformed all of the students in three states. In three states, right around them. Uh, Rick Joyner received a reward in educational excellence from the South Carolina, um, uh, um, no, not the Board of Education, the um, uh, uh, rep uh, representatives, the Senate and the House of Representatives. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm fasting, so anyway. So, so he got, uh, he got uh, this award, but he also got a standing ovation. I mean, they were just acknowledging what was happening in that school. And so all of this is happening in that school. And what makes it so phenomenal is not just that it's a spirit-led school. It's that these kids go to school for four days a week. And they have a no homework policy. So their kids are working less. They're not crying when they get home at night because they're so stressed out over the over-education is what I call it when all of my kids that were going to private schools and classical private schools, they were coming home and the, the, the schools would pride themselves and brag on the fact that all of the children there were being taught a grade above their grade. And I mean, I remember uh, one of our children, I mean, he would literally come home at night begging us, crying, begging us to take him out of school. Because the stress and the pressure that we've put on our children to perform is killing our kids. And what it's killing is it's killing their imagination, their creativity, and it's killing their emotional quotient. And in fact, Google recently said, we are no longer interviewing at the, at the Ivy League schools and we're no longer looking for the top of the top. Because what they found is that these, these, these people, these adults that they were getting, had, may have a high IQ and be able to perform well on tests, but they couldn't play well with anybody. And so they didn't have the compassion, the mercy, and the ability to work as a team. So they, what they began to do is they began to look for the people. This is what they're doing now. They've begun to work, look for, this is in, in the Harvard Business Review. They began to look for students or people that didn't go to college. But yet were successful anyway. Because they said those are the dreamers and the initiators and the performers that we need as part of our company. Because they have not been hindered by the system that was put in place by, I mean, let's face it, college professors who designed our schools and, and, the, and the modality and the way that we operate our schools. They were designed 
by college professors to reproduce college professors. So I say it's time for a change, and that's why I'm really excited about this. Are you excited? So I think it's time. I think it's time. I think it's the timing of the Lord. Um, <clears throat> so let me just tell you about who we're going to be, okay, and who we're not going to be. Sir Ken Robison, who is a, who's an amazing, if you have a chance to, uh, to watch his TED Talk on education and creativity, I really encourage you to do it. His name is Sir Ken Robison. It's about um, 18 minutes long, and I'm telling you, you will laugh, but you will go, whoa. What he is saying is so right and so true about our system and how we educate kids and how he's introducing um, the liberal arts and, the, and, and taking us back to the place of producing dreamers instead of mathematicians. Don't you know that if you, if you teach a mathematician how to dream first, then you're going to get a better mathematician? The God, God is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the author of all creativity, all wisdom, all knowledge. And both Ken, uh, Sir Ken Robinson and Albert Einstein both quoted, uh, are quoted as saying the importance of creativity through imagination over intelligence. They said this, or it's, uh, Sir Ken Robinson said, imagination is the source of every human achievement. If there wasn't imagination, you wouldn't have that smartphone in your hand that has changed the way that we think, the way that we get information, the way that we communicate. So what we want for our kids, we want our children to have a high IQ, but we want them to also have a high EQ, which is emotional intelligence. So this is what we are not. We are not an accredited school. And we do that on purpose because I don't want to come under the federal regulations of telling me what kind of bathrooms I need to put in place and the things that I need to teach my kids. And in Texas, um, because we're a very favorable homeschool state, we can do basically whatever we want. Um, what, uh, the primary question when people go out to Comenius and Fort Mill, they're like, how are you doing what you're doing, right? And so they ask them, oh, you found him. <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah, the, you can be jealous of that beard right there. Do you think they had beard butter back then? Wow, say that fast three times, beard butter back then. Um, baby buggy beard. Um, anyway, so John, he's a swarthy fellow. But um, what they told us at Fort Mill is they said, we have never had, the only reason to be accredited is that the, the, the course credit, you would get course credit and course credits would transfer. She said, we have never, in the time that we've been doing this, had one case, and they've been doing it for 10 years, where our course credits did not transfer. And so it's not about what we're teaching. It's about how we're teaching what we're teaching. Because um, everybody that goes up there to, to Fort Mill, they all ask the same question, what's your curriculum? And they all, I mean, this is, this, the people worldwide are coming. I was sitting there with the, the, uh, the principal of the Bethel School of, of uh, their elementary school. I was there with the elementary school teacher from, um, and they're a high school. They go all the way to high school. Um, but I was sitting there with the principal of the IHOP school. 
the Daniel Academy, thank you. And and then people that were from all over the world, people that were from France, people from Belgium. I mean, people were wanting to know, how are you doing what you're doing in less time? And your kids aren't, you know, wanting to pull their hair out every day and so unhappy. Um, she said, um, it's not the curriculum, stupid. It's the culture. We have a culture of the Holy Spirit And so everything that we do here is led by the Holy Spirit. And so even though we know we have to teach A, B, and C in order to keep up with the standards, you know, of every year, what everybody else is doing, it's how we do it. And they bring the students into the discussion saying, how do you want to learn this? Here, you can learn it in three different ways. Let's all pray and ask the Holy Spirit how we're going to do this this year. They do a lot of skits. Uh, Let me tell you a great story that I learned. Um, Let me see if I can get this right because it was just fascinating. Um, Lori, maybe you can help me if I miss anything. Um, Lori and I went together one time, and then um, I went with another uh, woman who was a teacher. Um, I think it was a third grade. And they were learning about ocean, um, all of the currents. Thank you. Ocean currents. And so instead of just studying it, what they did is the teacher went and got a kit where uh, you can get these bottles. And, and, and the bottles have like a tracking device in them. And they would put a message in the bottle and close up the bottle. And then they all went to the ocean, and they took a field trip, went to the ocean, and they all threw their bottles into the water. And then each one of them had a different code on the bottle, and they could track their bottles until their bottles landed somewhere on land. I mean, isn't that phenomenal? And in the process of all of that, learning about the currents in the oceans and how the currents flow. And I'm just like, I would have loved to have had a teacher that taught me like that, where I could experience it, not just memorize information to take a test, but that I would grow in wisdom and understanding and not just you know, short-term memory loss. You know what I'm talking about. The Lord said that the good man brings out of his good treasure what is good. Our mission is to help our students discover and find the good treasure that is within them, to help them develop it, and to learn how to share it for the glory of God in the earth. Um, I make no apologies that my goal is to train up the sons and daughters, to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. I had somebody say, well, this sounds more like a Bible school or, you know, like a Holy Spirit school than it does like uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic. And I said, that's right. It is. Because you can do both, you know, with the Holy Spirit's help. So anyway, we're really excited about this. This fall is going to be our very first um, class. And we're going to start small. We're going to start with pre-K and uh, kindergarten. So little four-year-olds and and five-year-olds running around here. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of laughter, a lot of screaming. Um, 
I have, um, there's a great book that I encourage you to get. We sell them in, in the cafe. It's called Kingdom Education. And this is something that they uh, wrote at Fort Mill um, just because they were getting so many people uh, inquiring about how they do what they do. So they said, let's just write a book. And so every teacher wrote a book about how they do what they do and why they're so successful. Um, a lot of, it's interesting because a lot of what they do, we do in EJS, just with an older group of people. And, um, and so basically, you know, it's prayer, it's worship, it's prophecy. Um, if one of the kids uh, gets in trouble, um, you know, the teachers all get together and they pray for him. And then they begin to seek the Holy Spirit saying, show us what's going on in his heart. You know, and so then they go to him and they just say, here's what we see. This is what we hear. And it's to build up encourage, and edify them. And it brings them out of themselves and they have hope again to run the race. And so that's how they, they don't, you, you don't see them laying the law down. They just see them bringing the spirit and having the spirit lift them out. One other uh, little short brief. Do y'all have a minute for one more? Okay. One more story. Um, one of the things that we were so impressed with when Lori and I went, uh, we actually, it was amazing. The Lord just provided us with like a case study. And we went into this science class where they were building these huge balloons and they were going to go out and let them all go. And, um, but we got to meet someone who had only been there for three weeks. And in the same classroom, we met somebody who had only been there for three months. And then we met somebody who had been there for a year. And so we were interviewing them, and we're recording them and asking them questions about the school. Now, the first boy that we interviewed, and all three of these came from the public school system. So the first guy that we were talking to would not make eye contact with us. And he was looking down, and he... We were asking him questions, and, and he was fidgeting, and he was so uncomfortable, and he didn't even know how to answer the questions that we were asking. So we move on to the next person who's been there for three months, and we could not get him to stop talking, okay? He has now experienced the freedom of the Holy Spirit, and he's like all, you know, extra, you know, just, just, Talking, 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 talking. And Lori and I are like, okay. <laughs> so he was so excited about the school. And the fact that they, they had so much freedom. Because in the public school, there are all these rules and all these things you can't do. But at Comedius, they're like, hey, if you don't want to do your work, you don't have to do your work. You're going to fail. But that's really your responsibility. It's our responsibility to teach you, but it's your responsibility to learn. And so we're, we're uh, building leaders here, and, and that's what leaders do. Leaders take responsibility for themselves. And so it takes them a while. So then, okay, before I get ahead of myself, so then we interview the kid that had been there for a year. He was articulate. He was calm. He made eye contact. His body language said, I'm fully engaged with you. He knew who he was. He had found his voice. He knew what he wanted to do. He had hope for a future, and he was serving all of his classmates in love. 
And what, the, what they told us is what you saw is the process that it takes to integrate somebody into our system. That we get them and they look like they've been traumatized by the system they've come out of. They're prisoners. You know, they're slaves. And then it takes them time to begin to understand that this freedom is real and that Jesus is real and that he really is that good. And, and they move into the place of sonship where they know that they're safe, they know they're accepted, they know that they're loved, and they know that they're helped. And, and it was amazing to me to watch that process, and I was so blessed by it. Lori and I actually didn't want to leave. We said, can we come to school here? I mean, the children love it. We, were, we interviewed all of the children at the school. There's 200, not all of them, but, but, but we picked people to interview. They didn't pick them for us. They just said, you go talk to our kids. Every one of them said the same thing. I love coming to school. I can't wait to get here. I don't want to leave. This is amazing. And they were telling me, I said, what's the number one thing if you had one word to describe this place? And they said, love. My friends love me and my teachers love me. And I just feel loved. They felt loved and they felt accepted. And that's the kind of environment that I think Dallas, Texas needs. And I feel like God is calling us to seed in a kingdom school, not for storehouse, even though it may start with storehouse families. And honestly, I love that it's going to start with storehouse families because think about the foundation of that and what that's going to look like. But how transformative it's going to be when a city begins to educate their children by the power of the Spirit and the leading of the Spirit. So um, here's what I want to do. I want to um, I want to go into a time of prayer. Um, if you're interested or you know somebody that might be interested, we are really trying to keep the tuition costs down so it's affordable for all families. Um, and it's not a school for the rich. You know, twenty thousand. Uh, some of these schools. How much did we pay a year for? Twenty two thousand for one of those private schools. Um, it's just ridiculous. So we have really tried to make it affordable um, for all families. And if you're a tithing member of Storehouse, you get an additional 10% off. Um, so yeah, you're in. Okay. Um, anyway, take these. I'm going to make these available here on the stage. If you're interested or know, we have grandkids or kids or whatever. Um, or if you just want to serve in the school, come talk to me. And um, so I'm excited. But here's what I want to do now. I really need your prayer. Um, we just recently um, heard that we're going to be on the radio talking about Comenius. And so I'm so excited about that. And I think it's just, it's time. You know, it, it's the Lord's timing. But um, I just want to be faithful to the Lord over these kids. I want to be faithful um, to him about building and how to build and how to run and and, um, and I want the Lord to bring our first families. And um, so can you, let's, can we stand? And if you could, um, can I play, would you guys play some worship? And um, I would really love it if we could get into groups of three or four and just really begin to pray and ask the Lord for Comenius School 
of Dallas, that it would happen according to his plan and purposes, and that he would bring the families. Um, so, Father, I do, I just thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your kindness. Father, thank you for your mercy over Dallas, God, that you love us and you have a heart for our children. You have a heart, Father, to set our children free from the prison that they are in. God, I thank you, uh, Father, that um, that you love us and you love you want our children to spend the, the most of their time with their families and not in the minutia and the hardship of, of school. But Father, I thank you now that that for a breaking in and a breaking through, Father, that you would um, shout from from the rooftops, Father, that Comenia School of Creative Leadership is now up and running. Father, that you would call the families in, God, that you would call the kids in, God. Father, that you would bring them. Father, I ask for a sign and a wonder, that this would be a sign and a wonder for our generation, God, that our kids would enjoy going to school, that they would delight in you and delight in school. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name.